What's going on? And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallers and hope everyone is doing well. We'll recap last night's game in Philadelphia in just a little bit, but we have a very special guest for you on this Wednesday. It's Andy Demetra, the radio voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Of course, Jose Alvarado taking the team and the world by storm after the way he played against the New York Knicks on last Thursday. And there's no better person to talk about Jose than Andy, who, of course, called Jose's games at Georgia Tech as Jose spent four years there and helping them get back to the NCAA tournament last year. Andy, I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing great. I uh, got a lot of new Pelicans fans out here at Georgia Tech. I can promise you that. Excellent. Excellent. So let's let's first talk about Thursday night when you were able to, to catch some of what Jose was able to do. I, met, I saw you tweeted about him calling him the Brooklyn burglar. And of course, it, what a story for him that the, the show out like he did in front of his friends and family, of course, being a a hometown guy there in New York City. What was kind of going through your mind when you were seeing the success that Jose had against the New York Knicks last Thursday? I was so happy for Jose. Uh, Four years in Atlanta did nothing to soften the edges of that Brooklyn accent, as you guys well know. (laughs) Uh, He is New York through and through, and for him to perform on that stage in the Mecca, getting a career high against the Knicks with his family in attendance, just you can't help but feel immense pride for Jose and the journey he's taken to go from a somewhat unheralded player out of high school to spend four years at Georgia Tech to lead the Yellow Jackets to these heights that hadn't been experienced around here in more than a decade and then to get his crack in the NBA and sort of fitting for Jose Alvarado having to do it the hard way you know being undrafted but still finding a niche on this Pelicans team and then to have it all come together like that in his hometown uh, they have not just a great game versus the Nets, but a few days later, the Knicks. Uh, it, it just it was such a special storybook uh, experience watching it from afar. And, you know, to, to know Jose is to love Jose, and you can't help but feel a lot of pride, like I said, for, for what you saw him do in his hometown. Yeah, no doubt about that. Take us back to when you spent some time with him, obviously, during his college years at Georgia Tech. You know, when we get to interact with him. You know, we see the guy that always has a positive attitude that's working hard that's showing love for his teammates. I'm assuming that's the way Jose was at his four, his four years at Georgia Tech. Am I wrong? You are absolutely correct. He was that guy from day one at Georgia Tech. And you know, I just call him a fan favorite at Georgia Tech might even be selling him short because in my mind, he's almost a borderline cult hero at Georgia Tech with his charisma and his tenacity and his passion and his intensity uh, he was just a must-see player for Georgia Tech. And uh, just the, the, the way the Georgia Tech fans embraced him and he embraced Georgia Tech. I've been broadcasting for 18 years professionally, Daniel. I don't think I have called or covered a better player and a more favorite player uh, than Jose Alvarado. And I'm just glad the Pelicans fans are experiencing uh, that magnetic force of will that we've come to know from Jose at Georgia Tech that you're now seeing in the NBA with the Pelicans. Is there any Jose Alvarado stories you can share? I'm sure there's got to be one from his four years there that that really kind of you love talking about something from whether it was on the court, off the court, your interactions with him. Let's hear a good Jose Alvarado story if you have one. Well, I'll tell you a good story that Georgia Tech head coach Josh Pastor told me. And people know about the New York City pipeline of point guards to Georgia Tech, Kenny Anderson and Stephon Marbury, but it wasn't exactly an active pipeline when Jose committed to play at Georgia Tech. And Josh told me the story that he was watching a Sunday 8 a.m. AAU game in Las Vegas. He was there to scout Jordan Wara, who wound up signing with Louisville and is now reserved with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
you can imagine the quality of play of a Sunday 8 a.m. AAU game in Las Vegas, but five minutes in, Josh Pastor cannot take his eyes off one of Jordan Warris' teammates. This little fiery point guard who's lighting into his teammates for what he perceived as their lethargic play. That player, of course, was Jose Alvarado. And from that moment on, Josh Pastor knew this was a guy I needed to make a priority recruit because he represented all the values that I want in my program. Josh had only been at Georgia Tech for one year. And so even though Jose was not the most nationally heralded guy, I think 95% of that had to do with his height. Uh, Josh Pastor said, no, this is the guy I want in my program, and then became this four-year icon for Georgia Tech. And I think my most lasting image of Jose has to be from last March when he led Georgia Tech to its first ACC tournament championship since 1993 and just sitting on the court at Greensboro Coliseum with his palms up the sky, almost with this look of boyish wonder on his face, seeing the confetti fall, uh, just sort of understanding the gravity of what he had accomplished and the journey he had taken across his four years. It wasn't necessarily an easy four years for Jose. He had uh, fractured his elbow after a really hard fall versus Duke and missed the end of his freshman year. He had missed some time the beginning of his junior year with uh, a sprained ankle. They were unable to go to the NCAA tournament his junior year uh, because of some dealings with the NCAA. For him to persevere through all of that, to lead Georgia Tech to uh, something they had not experienced as a program in almost three decades, to go to the NCAA tournament, I, I will always remember the emotion on Jose's face and just – just knowing what that moment meant to him on the court at Greensboro Coliseum. That, that's one of those images that I don't think I'll be able to shake from, from my memory uh, for as long as I'll be broadcasting. I'm glad you brought his four years up because that was my next question about his growth, whether it was off the court or on the court, where did you see the biggest growth from him from freshman year all the way up to his senior year in helping Georgia tech making that ACC title run? Uh, just being a savvier player in pick and rolls and in ball screens, I think with every point guard who's thrust into a starring role early in his career, there's a lot of learning on the job. And, you know, with Jose, you saw him progress from his freshman year to his senior year, getting his turnover countdown, making the savvier pass, not trying to force things that he might have been able to get away with when he was in high school. He wasn't always the most consistent outside shooter. He was a willing shooter early in his career and was never afraid of the moment. But I think there was still some consistency to be attained with his outside shot, which he certainly accomplished over his last couple of years at Georgia Tech. The defense was never an issue. You, you could tell he was an elite defender from the moment he set foot on campus. But it's just the polish that you saw Jose add to his game, particularly as a ball handler and as a pure point guard, um, and without which I don't think Georgia Tech would have been able to get to the NCAA tournament and play the way it did uh, his last two years. I'll never forget his run last year because, of course, it's hard to keep up with college basketball during our Pelican season, but whenever March Madness and the conference tournaments start picking up, that's when you start to see guys. And I noticed him, especially in an ACC tournament, die for loose balls jump over courtside and I was like man this guy really is playing yeah. tough and I grew up in in Marietta Georgia so I always try to fight uh follow closely Georgia Tech athletics a little bit I was like man this guy is pretty fun to watch and then now you see him undrafted as you mentioned sign as a two-way player with the Pelicans go through Birmingham and and really spend more time with the with the pro squad than the G League squad are you kind of surprised by the the way his trajectory has gone here in, in his rookie year going from undrafted to 
you know, playing a, a major role with the Pelicans right now? Honestly, no, because Jose is one of those guys who always bets on himself. And I saw over four years, you, you never should discount Jose Alvarado. So even though he had to take the long way to the Pelicans roster, going undrafted and then signing a two-way contract, having to prove himself in summer league, there was never a doubt in my mind that he would get his opportunity and that he would make the most of it. And I tell you, Daniel, what's most exciting to me is to see him still be that defensive menace in the NBA that he was at Georgia Tech. There was a reason we nicknamed him the Brooklyn Burglar. There was a reason I nicknamed him Grand Theft Alvarado. And to see all of those defensive skills that made him so entertaining to watch on that side of the floor now transfer over to the NBA and to see Pelicans fans just enjoy watching Jose Alvarado and all that he is in his persona on the court. That to me has been the most gratifying part of, of his rookie season and watching his development with the Pelicans. It's almost like you're getting to watch the growth of Jose Alvarado all over again. Uh, and it was so exciting to experience the first time and to see it now in the NBA. Uh, like I said, I just feel so much pride for that young man and, and what he's accomplished and what he still will accomplish in the Pelicans uniform. I know you, you have a busy schedule as well. Are you able to keep up with Jose? Do you try to see, watch, or follow any of his games? And also, are you able to communicate with him a little bit? I know, you know, broadcasters get that chemistry with their with their players, especially with how intimate it is in a college basketball setting. Are you able to, to keep up with him and kind of interact with him a little bit? Uh, you know, Jose's a busy man, as yeah. we well know. But thank goodness for social media, because I'm right. still able to, to, to take in the highlights. And, you know, whenever I see him kind of swashbuckle in the half court and steal a pass, lead a break or have a tough finish in transition and get the end one. I'm like, yep, that's Jose. Saw that for four years and glad Pelicans fans are seeing it as well. Uh, he's just such a fun guy to watch. He's such an easy guy to root for. And he's one of those guys, man, you are so glad that he's on your team. So, uh, you know, the best is yet to come for Jose. And like I said, uh, there is a growing contingent of Pelicans fans in and around Atlanta because of, what they saw from Jose at Georgia Tech and what they're continuing to see now. Well, we're certainly glad to have Jose with us here with the New Orleans Pelicans. He is so fun to watch, so fun uh, to see on the court, on and off of it. And, Andy, I appreciate the time this morning. I know you're busy in the middle of an ACC college basketball schedule, but I appreciate the insight on Jose. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Daniel. Yep, that's Andy the Metro, the radio voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. All right, so good stuff there from Andy Demetra, the radio voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. That was recorded yesterday before the game against Philadelphia. It was also recorded before we knew that Jose Alvarado would get his first career start with the New Orleans Pelicans. Some great stories there from Andy Demetra, including one he actually didn't mention that I'll have to share one of our broadcasts about Jose Alvarado. And again, just his, his leadership there with four years at Georgia Tech, helping them get to the NCAA tournament for the first time in 11 years last year and going from undrafted, two-way player to getting the start last night in Philadelphia. A tough loss for the Pelicans, but certainly a lot to be intrigued about for New Orleans. They lost 117-107 to to the Philadelphia 76ers. And look, four of the five starters were out for New Orleans. No Jonas Valanciunas, no Devontae Graham, no Josh Hart, and no Brandon Ingram. The lone starter playing last night was Herbert Jones, who finished with 12.6 rebounds on 5 of 12 shooting. But how about the play of Billy Hernan Gomez? This is a guy that's missed the last 9 games due to DNPCD, which is did not play coach's decision. And he comes in and gets the start, faces off against Joel Embiid, 
and finishes with a career high 29 points on 11 of 15 shooting also had a double double he had 10 rebounds to go along with those 29 points so for a guy that was just sitting on the bench for nine straight games comes off the bench no attitude pure professional as we all know from Billy Hernan Gomez and puts up 29 points also Nikhil Alexander Walker shined for New Orleans last night 31 points five assists four rebounds his fifth career 30 point game 11 of 22 from the field and five of nine from three and then we talk about Jose Alvarado I hope you can find a picture or video of him standing up to Joel Embiid last night they both earned double technicals but Jose Alvarado no fear whether it's going to the rim getting in someone's grill antagonizing someone he's going to be that pest out there that no one wants to deal with and Alvarado 11 points last night five assists two steals, three rebounds on four of 11 shooting. Andy Demetric, of course, called him the Brooklyn Burglar. We might have to take that one as Jose Alvarado has now had over a handful of consecutive games with at least one steal. So the bright spot about last night, you got to see guys that normally don't get to play a lot and actually hold their own against the Sixers, who are now 28 and 19 overall. The Pelicans had an eight-point lead at the half, 58 to 50. They were tied up after three as Joel Embiid basically took over in the final 24 minutes of the game. They scored 67 points in the in quarters three and four. Joel Embiid, 42 points, 14 rebounds, 12 of 24 shooting. He also went to the free throw line almost as much as the Pelicans combined. He was 18 of 20 from the charity strike. The Pelicans, 18 of 26. So it was a tough game. It was a tough situation. Of course, this was a makeup game from December 19th in which the NBA created two separate back-to-backs for the Pelicans. Remember, they played Indiana on Monday night. The Pelicans and the broadcasters also didn't get into their hotel room until about 3.15 a.m. after the win against Indiana. And then you have to turn around after losing an hour on the Eastern Standard Time and playing a game against a tough Philadelphia team. But the good news is for them, they will have two days off now to rest, and then we'll have another back-to-back. This one, a home back-to-back, a little easier when you don't have to travel as they'll welcome in the Denver Nuggets for the final time this season. They still have two more trips to Denver. And then, of course, the Pelicans 0-1 to the Boston Celtics after the Pelicans got off to a great start on MLK Day and were not able to close the job and lose to the Boston Celtics on January 17th. Now they'll have their revenge on Saturday at 6 p.m. inside the Smoothie King Center. And then it's another back-to-back next week on the road at Cleveland on Monday and at Detroit on Tuesday, that actually begins a four-game road trip. The Pelicans will head home for a day and then go back on the road to take on Denver and Houston. But that's way down the line. And, of course, we'll have plenty of podcasts for you before we get to that mark. But, of course, we did want to kind of talk about Jose Alvarado after what he did against the Knicks, his hometown team coming from Brooklyn, New York, with a career-high 13 points. He follows that up um, after a game against Indiana with his first career star finishing with 11 points. A big thanks to Andy. The reason why we did it yesterday instead of today is, of course, Georgia Tech plays tonight against Florida State. So Andy was really nice to tape something yesterday. But some great stories in there about Jose Alvarado, including Coach Josh Passner and recruiting Jose Alvarado. Not even there to recruit him. There to recruit Jordan Nawara, who plays now for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then Jose Alvarado is the one that stuck out to him. And, of course, then he gets a scholarship to Georgia Tech University. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. We'll have another conversation on Friday. Guests to be determined later. You never know who's going to stop by the Pelicans podcast. And then we'll take a break over the weekend and have another one for you 
on Monday. Again, the Pelicans will play the Denver Nuggets on Friday, and we'll have a podcast for you previewing that game and getting you ready for the weekend filled with Pelicans basketball. Again, big thanks to Andy Demetra, radio voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I hope everyone has a great day. Stay warm here in the Crescent City, and we'll talk to you on Friday. For Andy, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to today's Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.